welcome to the Commission Bread Podcast, a mortgage professional's complete guide on how to successfully scale your business and not fall into the trap of commission breath. And now your hosts, Brandon Love and Tom Moffat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Commission Breath. Today, we're going to touch on seeking discomfort and embracing the things that people shy away from so that you're grabbing both mind and market share in a down market. We're your hosts, Tom and Brandon, and thanks for joining us. Yes, love it. So let's just chat a little bit about what's new in our lives, actually, Brandon. Before we dive into it, you know, we've had a couple of updates on our personal business that I think are going to pan out pretty well. It's pretty exciting for us. So one thing that we've implemented into our business in the last, has it been a week? It's been a week. Yeah. We launched our first episode of our new podcast called Financial Independence Talk. So FI Talk. And it's all centered around financial independence. And it's, of course, geared towards the end consumer. So it's for our own personal mortgage business. And we figured, you know, we're doing podcasting here for you guys. We'd like to think we kind of got the hang of it. So why not apply the somewhat skills that we've acquired here and put it towards something else for our mortgage business? For sure. And I think it totally felt relevant because the end consumer right now, as everyone knows, is struggling with qualifying high rates. They're struggling with prices of food, inflation across the board. So those clients right now need some sort of financial guidance as well. And the intention is not to step on the toes of our FA referral sources or anything like that, but to provide an additional avenue to draw people in and provide value that ultimately leads to creating better mortgage applicants as well. Yeah, exactly. Because we were kind of toying with the idea of social in general, because I went through it back in the day. I kind of put it in the back burner and now we're revisiting it and we're tired of the same old mortgage content you see out there. Maybe it's because we follow and have so many mortgage broker friends, but the last thing I want to do is pump out content on like fixed versus variable 25 year versus 30 year. AM. I actually just did a video on that, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm tired of it, man. So so we came up with this. Yeah. yeah, the idea is just to bring something new and different, fresh perspective, and we're having fun with it. Also, both of us are passionate about financial independence for ourselves, and we're building that machine, so why not share the journey with everyone else as well? I think that's so, the key. Yeah, you got to be passionate about it because like, if you're a mortgage broker and you love going into the details of everything, then maybe you will enjoy doing something like that. So it's got to be something that you'll sustain doing. 100%. So let's dive into today, though. We were talking about this. We just did another recording and we scrapped it because we didn't feel that it really spoke to where we were at in our journey right now. And so we wanted to talk about something that's been really motivating for us in each of our careers pre-mortgage and now within mortgages. And I know that if other people do it, it will lead to new business. And that's the idea of seeking discomfort. So making things hard so that the work feels easy. Yes. Agreed. So Why don't we start off with, you know, there's really three different kinds of getting out of your comfort zone. I think we can really boil it down to being physical, mental, and emotional. So we're going to kind of go through a couple examples of each personal experiences and then how we can tailor that towards the mortgage business and set yourself apart from others who are definitely veering away from doing what's required to really build your business in this market. So starting off with physical, I would say a physical challenge and discomfort that I've gone through in the past year, year and a half 
has been jujitsu. I love jujitsu, but some days I don't feel like going and getting choked and tapped out because I'm not the best there. That is for sure. And you got to really put your ego aside at the door. You know, I've been tapped out by half the size of me girls out there who have been doing it for years. You got to put your ego aside. You got to get out of your comfort zone and know that at the end of the tunnel, you're getting better. It's good for you physically, mentally. I love it. Yeah, I can't be happier joining jujitsu and I'm just going to keep doing it, even though some days I don't feel like going through it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big one because you're literally signing up to get your ass kicked. And yeah. I'm doing that right now. I was having drinks with a buddy and he signed me up for a half marathon. And if you're on video, I'm not a runner, but in two weeks I have to do it. So I've been training and I don't ever feel like going for a run, but like this weekend we were up at the cottage and you know, the night before we had some beverages, I woke up in the morning, I ran 14 K and at the end I felt pretty good. I felt like I had a big check mark on my day and it just kind of set the tone for the rest of the day, even though it was supposed to be some R and R. Yeah. That's another thing too. I mean, it's kind of off topic, but like the feeling you get after exercise, like I know everyone knows this, but like, that's why they call it a runner's high. The endorphins you get from it man, I just had a workout before this podcast. I'm pretty fired up. Like I'm feeling good. And yeah. I think maybe you do that before your calls, go for that 14 K run. <laughs> I actually took a realtor call on one of my runs. Cause she kept calling and finally I'm like, fuck. So I just answered it. I'm on seven K like, right now. I gotta, <laughs> she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm running. She's like, that doesn't sound like, you. <laughs> doesn't sound like you're good. I'm like, I'm like, why don't you talk? I'll listen. And then I'll give you a quick Cole's note answer and call you back later. So it worked out. We had a good laugh about it. But yeah, that kind of physical pushing yourself, it makes the other stuff feel a lot easier. It does give you that bit of lift and that high. And I think ultimately you get that right. Your head gets right. The rest of the day just starts to fall into place. Yeah. And another one for me, this is kind of, it really falls into all three buckets, but I would probably put this in the physical is waking up early, like simple as it sounds, waking up early consistently. I'd like to think I'm now a morning person, but it took me a while to get there. But even today, man, like, so I'm up at five Monday to Friday, weekends, definitely not. I have seven month year old son. I get no sleep at all. I love sleep. I think it's the best thing for you, but I'm still getting up at five because I'm actually thinking of doing another episode on this. When you're up at five, nobody's emailing you, nobody's texting you. It's just you. Chances are your family's still asleep as well. So you're in there, you're in your office, you're doing your thing. And I get the most amount of work done from 5 to 8 a.m. So that's three solid hours, five days a week, where I'm just crushing out building stuff. And most of what I've done in the last year has been because I'm waking up at 5. So this morning, I didn't want to wake up, but I knew if I wasn't getting up at 5, my competition probably is. I want to be the guy that's waking up before anyone else, as cheesy as that sounds. Yeah, I think you're one of the few that implemented the 5 a.m. club kind of routine there. And it's cemented in your life now versus like I tried it for a bit and I was going to bed at one and trying to get up at five. So it kind of <laughs> doesn't work. There. Yeah. It doesn't work. But yeah, like I can't do that right now. But sometimes I wake up and I'm like, holy crap, Thomas sent me like a million ideas. I, I stalked, man. I stalked. <laughs> I know I was waking you up. You know, like, holy crap, what's going on? But no, it's good to like, you're firing on all cylinders when my first coffee is still kicking in. Yeah, but like it's not to say everyone's got to do the same thing, right? Like it took me a while to get to that point where I was waking up at five. I used to work out first thing, which I kind of still miss. But this was like two months ago, I made this change. I was like, if I'm 
taking those two hours to work out in the morning first thing. And I try to do my business building later on. I just kept getting interrupted by clients, realtors, whatever the case is, like being in the business. So I was like, what if I just push that workout till maybe later in the afternoon, I can still take calls, whatever. My workout's going to suffer a little bit, but it's short term. If I can build my business quicker by waking up at five and getting those three solid hours in every day, I've already seen it in the last two months. It's gone crazy. So it works, but it's not for everyone. Depends on what you like doing. Yeah, for sure. All right, that takes us to our next one because a big part of this waking up early and other pieces as well is just the mental hurdle of getting there. And you had a really cool story you shared with me before we jumped on this call because I saw it in your notes and I was like, what the hell is a ladder climb? <laughs> Why don't you share with everyone what a ladder climb is, Tom? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was really trying to think of some examples for this. I was like, ah, that one was pretty crazy. So back to firefighting, one thing I had to do during my training a while back was I had to do a ladder climb and it wasn't just like a typical, like just climb up the ladder, go to a two, three story building. Like I'm not scared of heights, but this one, man, there's definitely the pucker factor. So our ladder, our aerial ladder goes up to 110 feet, including the truck itself. So that's straight up vertically. So you could picture like an aerial fire truck, ladders extended full. We had to climb up the ladder without being like secured in like we had a ladder belt but you're not going to go up you know clip it to every rung because it's going to take you forever to get up there so you only clip it at the top and so you got to climb the whole thing you can picture a 10-story building is how high it typically goes so you got to go to the top clip in do a leg lock which is you're kind of like weaving your leg into the rung and you got to like look backwards look down to the ground and just radio to the officer on the ground and tell them what you see on the ground. Like they put a little like pile on or whatever. So that was like one thing that I knew I had to do during training that I was like really dreading. But one thing that was cool about it was like, when you're done, you feel like you can do anything. And I always think back to that moment because like, man, if I don't want to make a phone call today, like would I rather like go climb that ladder today? Probably not. I'd rather make 10 calls or whatever it is. So I always look back to like, what was a moment that was really, really hard to do? And that was one of them. And it just makes things be into perspective and a lot easier to do. For sure. And like, that sounds fucking terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I took my daughter to a little like trampoline park, had this thing you climb up and they got to the top and I was like, holy fuck, like, can you let me down? So I would never be able to do that. So kudos to you. But I think it's true. Like that mindset and mental piece of climbing up also like you can now think, okay, if I don't, want to do these steps then i have to go back to doing x and you know i don't know how often you want to be up that high yeah not often yeah i'd <laughs> rather be down in my office making phone calls <laughs> so so my mental one came a lot from making phone calls as well and i knew that kind of what happened is i had got my license i've told you all this before where i knew that i had to kind of give up the farm and go all in on my business but i realized that like the time that i had held my license i hadn't put enough gas on the fire. And so I really wanted to speed that up. But I was like, how do I give myself the kick in the pants proverbially to do it? So I pushed, we have like in our living room, we have this coffee table, like everyone has, I pushed it off to the side. I threw a pillow and a blanket on the hardwood floor. And I told the house, I'm like, this is where dad's sleeping until he hits his sales goal. And you know, Livia, she's like, you're a fucking idiot. Like <laughs> every, every day she says it. But 
it worked. Like I got up and I was looking back at that time. I just had a spreadsheet and I put the date and I typed everything I did that day. And I just made sure like my length was consistently growing. And it was like tons of calls, tons of four slides booked. And it really scaled my business. I hit my goal faster than expected. So I didn't have to sleep there for as long as I was thinking was still pretty long, but I got to my goal. And then like those partners have fueled my business into this year and onward. So that little bit of discomfort forced me to make those calls, build the relationships. And I captured market share that way. Yeah, it's crazy to think that you built your business off of like a result of sleeping on the ground. That's cool, man. I remember you reached out to me and said that, like you told me that you were sleeping on the ground. I was like, why the heck are you doing that, man? And then you told me, it's like, okay, it kind of makes sense. And then it was like a month later, I was like, okay, makes sense. Cause your leads were coming in and you know, you're establishing in your business pretty early on. It's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And at the time too, though, you're here making these calls. So the result wasn't what I was measuring. I was measuring the output of making the calls and the result being that like ending funding point. But I didn't think at the time, like, Hey, well, you know, like now, you know, it takes some time for that lead to convert into a funded file. Yeah. So I was like, oh crap, I'm going to be sleeping here for quite a while because these deals take 60 to 90 days to close. And I was like, shit, I didn't really think about that. So it ended up like really driving me and motivating me. So I ended up doing a ton of work though, because I was trying to catch some quick closes (laughs) to get back in (laughs) bed. But it all worked out. So it's a nice win that way. Love it. So Going into emotional, what's something that you've kind of dove into from the emotional perspective, like specifically with mortgages? Yeah, I think with mortgages this past year, calling the people that you put in variable mortgages, you know, they chose variable mortgages at the end of the day, played a part in that. And just having the tough conversations with them, a lot of them are angry or upset and people want someone to blame. So quite often that blame comes to us. And I think those are difficult calls to make but you need to make them. So I think that that's a big one for me that way. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I would probably piggyback on that too. I think that's been a tough one for a lot of people. I mean, maybe not as much anymore coming into the end of the year here, but I know the last year or so when rates were just increasing like steadily, it was hard for a lot of people and a lot of people probably just veered away from it and hid. So I think the people that really faced it head on, they're going to be the winners at the end of the day. But another specific one would be Going back to another firefighting related story, I guess. So firefighting is like a very hard career to get into, like to get hired. That is like when I first started looking into it, they always said like, it's like winning the lottery. And I always knew it would take years to get on, but I didn't realize it would take seven years to get hired. And that's how long it took me, including school. It took me seven years to get hired. So I always look back at that. Like it was an emotional roller coaster going through those seven years And I probably wanted to give up at least three or four times worked out. I got hired, but I always think back to that because in the mortgage industry, you don't have that. Like you can get your license in a month and friggin' walk on. So I always think, okay, man, like if I have this opportunity where I can get a license and walk on in a month and I look back to, it took me seven years there. Why not just take the opportunity here where I have this really cool infinite money-making ability in this mortgage industry and just go all in on it. That's just something I always think about. For sure. And I think if you take that time horizon and you say, okay, if I put a seven-year time horizon in the mortgage business, just imagine what you can build from that perspective. Whereas like 
I hate to like call people out, but like the mortgage attrition rate, I believe it's over 86%. Like there's a lot of people who just get their license and quit. Like, Is it that high? 86? Yeah. I think Man. so. Someone, someone listening will probably correct me and please do. It's a lot of people that don't renew their license. The same thing with like real estate agents. They get in, they realize, holy crap, it's harder than it looks. There's a cost to keeping the license and they just move on. But realistically, if you were to just make yourself uncomfortable, dig deep, try a few of these things. Like you don't have to sleep on your floor. You don't have to climb a 110 foot ladder, but find the things that are uncomfortable for you. Maybe it's recording yourself on a video for yeah. social media. Maybe it's reaching out to a local like dads or moms group in your area, you know, picking up yeah. speaking like. Yeah, I was just gonna say that public speaking, that's a huge one for people. Maybe it's something like that. Going to Toastmasters, presenting I, a local business, BNI group or whatever. Exactly. You don't have to start. You don't have to like jump into the deep end and see if you can swim. Pick something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable today and then like turn the heat up a bit, make it a little yeah. bit harder the next week. And then from there, like even something like starting a podcast, a little bit uncomfortable at first. Now we're feeling pretty confident in the process and still learning, obviously, and going to get better. But we're doing it week after week because we started. I think there's a lot of things in life where you just have to rip the bandaid off and get into the cold water. And then you realize that it's not that bad. Yeah. And one piece I would add to that too, that I always think about is like, what would I not want my competition to do? And this kind of comes back to the, not even collaboration versus competition, but if I just go back to like my competition, if I know they're doing this, this, and this, and that's going to far exceed their performance and I don't want that to happen, then maybe I should be doing those things. Like if you thought, okay, if this top broker starts calling a hundred people a day, they're probably going to get business. So why don't I just start doing that? I don't exactly. know if that comes out right, but that's what I always think in my head. For sure. I think it does make sense. And you can also reframe that and say, okay, what are the things that like those people aren't doing? And what's the edge that way? People are doing the easy stuff. Everyone's posting something to social media. Like they're posting the little pictures with the right up below a few people are pushing it further with the videos and stuff and whatnot but like there's a lot of things we all know that if you were to like reflect on it and coach yourself and you said okay i need you to grow your business by 10 million right now you could tell yourself three things right now that if you did it it would work but there are going to be things that are uncomfortable and day to day you don't actually want to do it and that's where you need to start and force yourself there and just seek discomfort yeah, 100%. See discomfort. Let's go. If anyone has something that they have thought about doing that is out of their comfort zone, but they haven't got to it yet, and you do end up going to it and accomplishing it after listening to this episode, we would love hearing about it. Send us a DM on Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Also, if you've done something obscure and weird to motivate yourself, please share that with us. Yeah. We always love those stories. Yeah, we love that. I'll do a hard ask here. Please rate and review. We never ask people, so I'm going to ask. I think on Spotify, you can only rate it. I don't know if you can do a review, but if it's Apple Podcasts, whatever, toss in a review there if you like our stuff, of course, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, have a great week, everyone. See you guys. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.